Hi everyone. This is Charmaine. Welcome to another episode of gray matters today. We wanted to have a conversation about why behind the scenes matters. So we're going to go into all things representation and we're kind of putting this into context of media, but this could be applied to a lot of different facets and a lot of different, um, fields and genres and, um, like industries. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about what, what does that mean? And, and what does it mean to think about like why things behind the scene matter? Yeah. Yeah. Hi everyone. This is Ricky. Um, for those just joining us, this is my voice. Um, for those that have been here, hello again. Um, we, like Charmaine said, we are talking about behind the scenes and I, like Charmaine said, it doesn't just have to do with media. Like I think this extends to the corporate world and like why um, you, you could, you could, I think you could apply behind the scenes um, and connect it to, like we said before, we have an episode season one called A Seat at the Table. Um, feel free to listen to that episode um, for more like background information on what we mean by a seat at the table. But basically, for example, I think about in a company, right? You, you, you'll have the people who are on the front lines, right? Um, who, who, who could be representations of marginalized communities, right? But then you have these people who are making the decisions for those people. Um, the, you know, the dominant, uh, we'll, we'll focus on here in the US, but the dominant, the, but the people who have the most privilege, which tend to be white males, the term squam, which we've used in other episodes, um, but you have the table, that table full of those same people. So then, so then the representation for the people on the front lines is kind of skewed or it's more tokenized because then they're not fully represented. I know that analogy probably was so convoluted. So I'm very sorry. I'm like speaking visually, like I'm a visual person. So I'm speaking how I see in my head. And then this connects to media and TV shows where we see like, for example, oh, the Mulan, the Mulan movie that came out that people Mm -hmm. it was trash there was comments about how you know all of the actors were 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 Chinese and of Asian descent but 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 then behind the scenes the people the costume designers right the producers the designers all these people behind the scenes were white people and so you see the you see the disconnect in the film right where you have these people of color and from marginalized communities on the front lines you know as the face but then when you look at the people in charge right when you look at the yeah. people making the decisions it doesn't add up and unfortunately when when you have this happen you have mishaps that are probably nine times out of ten seen more by the by the communities that are supposed to be represented right like we're like wait a minute that's not that's not right. Like that's not that's not a hundred percent accurate of what's of what's happening here. Um, and yeah, I and think Disney is like, girl. I, mean, I was just thinking about <laughs> Disney does that. Like, I mean, they really take the cake for that because they did that like with Aladdin. Although, like Aladdin, I mean, Aladdin. Oh my god, I go into like when I do talks. Ricky knows because she's heard these when I do these talks about uh, representation and Orientalism. Um, but like. Yeah, like uh, other than the fact that, you know, Aladdin is such like a perfect uh, manifestation of Orientalism in film, but like they just have um, 
I mean, not all like actors from that. I mean, it's a made up region. So it's like, you know, like from the made up city of Agrabah, like they, but they in like the live action Aladdin, Mm -hmm. they did have actors that were of like Middle Eastern and South Asian descent, but then like so many things were off, like the costumes, this like other than just like the storyline and all that, but there were so many things that are just like, um, these are not like they're, these are, these are not people from that culture or like those cultures behind the scenes. Like it's very Mm -hmm. obvious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think of princess in the frog first of all, I have so much, I have so many thoughts about princess Tiana, but yeah, about how that whole film was like, I was like, who is, who's doing this? First of all, the time period and the lack of like mentioning of segregation and the fact Mm -hmm. that like, you know, like the, the reference to like, like at first, like I, I did some background on this because this was going to be part of my dissertation at one point, but at first they were to make Tiana, um, what's her name? Um, Charlotte, is that her name? Charlotte's, uh, chambermaid. Um, oh and God. she was going to have the worst name ever. Oh, I forgot what the name is. I will find the article and link it to our Instagram post. Cause I think it's a very interesting article about how like they were, basically Tiana's character was going to be worse than it was um and then Oprah came in and was like are all these like um leading black um people in the field media field came in and was like yeah no we we can't have that so that goes to show you that the princess and the frog was going to be way worse than it actually was well and the power of people stepping in the power of people behind the scenes yeah wow like no that's not a correct like depiction of um of like a black culture and 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 especially black like in in new orleans at this time right um and yeah i just have so many thoughts disney just messes things up i think about the proud family and like how they like rebooted it whatever we'll see how that goes i haven't watched it to be honest because i'm like we had our proud family but um that's just me being like i guess old and grumpy but i'm like yeah, but then it extends outside of Disney, right? Like we have um, series like Bridgerton where we're starting to notice, where we can notice things here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other. Well, yeah, and we have a whole, I, I love that you talked about Bridgerton because we just um, have our whole episode where we talk about Bridgerton. But yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, and it kind of, you know what, you said something, Ricky, and it reminded me of this, like just the way that, just, just the way that these stories are represented, like mm-hmm. of characters, like how you were saying with Tiana, um, and how there is no reference with mm-hmm. the princess and the frog, like there's no reference of segregation. Like there's often this element, like, and we talk about this in our Bridgerton episode, like where, when we talk, when we have like fantasy and the, you know, escapist film, there's this element of like, like disconnect from actual things, especially if it's like in a historic, well, I mean, it's all in historical time, right? Like even fantasy doesn't exist in a vacuum, but Mm -hmm. there's no, there's often a purposeful neglect of men of uh, like not mentioning the like gravity of certain situations. So like segregation, obviously that was very difficult, but it's almost like talking about these things is more difficult than actually the people that went through them. And how important it is to include that in the storyline. And it kind of reminds me of like this whole crazy conversation around critical race theory, which like, I'm not even going to get into that this episode, but it's like, it's almost like, oh, we can't talk about racism because that in of itself is more uncomfortable than people who have to go through it. Mm -hmm. So it's again, sidelining marginalized 
the experiences of marginalized people and centering the white perspective and making it comfortable because it's like, and they kind of do that in Bridgerton to some extent too, where it's like, oh, we're going to have this fantasy world where like, you know, Regency England was colorblind or color conscious. And, but yet we're going to ignore all of the atrocities that they were, that the, you know, that was being committed by imperialization at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's this very strong disconnect that is, is really interesting. And, and I think that's also why it's so important to have these people behind the scenes when you're writing these stories, when you're creating um, these narrative fic- like uh, fictions to have that perspective because you can include it and still have something that is escapist and still have something that is fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, because I agree with <laughs> you just said my brain's processing, but yeah, and I think an element of it is that, right, if, if, if we view media or anything really as a, not like as a learning opportunity, but as a space for its exposure for many people, right? Um, I think there is opportunity to expose people to different cultures, to different backgrounds in like non-tokenized way or none. Um, mm-hmm. What's that word where people like fetishize also mm-hmm. like fe- fe- fetishized ways to where it's like you have this like one dimensional characterization and people don't get, I feel like people don't see the human in, in a lot of these characters or like it, it just feeds into these stereotypes and schemas a lot of time if there isn't dimensionality into it um yes well and, said and and, yeah. and yeah I think that that is um oh okay I think of Lovecraft Country um for those who haven't seen it it's a really great show but that show is kind of fantasy and it's based off of books but I think the people behind like I need to look it up. I need to do more research. But I think that show does a phenomenal job of of keeping history, keeping to like historical um, depictions of Black people um, in a holistic manner, where they don't shy away from racism, they don't shy mm-hmm. away from the realities of 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 the time period. But it's still like sci-fi and fantasy, right? And it's like it's the realities are intertwined into this into this um like sci-fi fantasy type of a narrative they are in conversation with each other where one isn't overshadowing the other and I think that that I think it's done beautifully I will talk about the show into the end of time I am mm-hmm. very upset that it is canceled but I won't go any further than that um but I just I don't know I I think that show did a beautiful job I I think and I think one of the reasons why it did a beautiful job because of who was behind the scenes right Um, and who had and who had the 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 right to say different things about that show I think that's one of the main reasons why it did a beautiful job but I think that's sorry talking a lot today Uh, I think that's one of the like examples that come off the top of my head when I think of the results that happen from inclusive holistic representation is like a long, a long time. That term. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that Ricky. I think that's really important. I think that it's like, and I, and I, I think it's important to remember like what you're saying is connected to this, like that anything in media, film, TV, 
especially if it's like a big production that, or anything that we see on TV or like in the screen, in the theater, right. On this, on the big screen, it's a big production. Like, yes, you will have people talk about like indie films and, oh, I didn't have a big budget for this, but it is not like a one man show. When we talk about awards and actors and often like press, like on the press tour, they only center a few of the main voices, but there's a lot of people that go in to making these things happen. And yes, the producers, and there are a few big voices that kind of have the end all be all, which is of course important because a lot of times they're the ones who are signing off on what, you know, is, is what we see the end results of what we see, um, for the good and bad, but these are big productions. And I think it's really important to remember that. And even why it's even more important to have, um, represent, like a representative team mm-hmm. um, behind the scenes. And I think just if we talk about film and TV and media, um, aesthetics are a big part of it, right? Like, you know, people win, like these productions win awards for sound production and 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 costume design and makeup and lighting and mm-hmm. um, editing. And that's a huge part of it. And I think for me, like when I think a lot about behind the scenes, I also think about um, like lighting and like this isn't just in film and TV media. That's why this conversation is so broad. It's um, also like, I think about um, Kodak who has like come forward as a company and acknowledged their role as a photography company that they did not create adequate technology to accurately capture darker tones and colors. And so that's why we have like, you know, that you can see the disparity and the difference in the way that different skin tones and textures are captured in, in film. And this is something that even until recently on TV and like continues to happen in many examples, um, is an issue. And that's why it's even more important to have the right equipment. Like even just to like have people make the right technology and make the right equipment to capture that, which is, it's atrocious that you would only create something as a company, like a product for such a a a certain small population. Like, of course Mm -hmm. that's problematic in of itself. Um, but I think, you know, they're trying to right their wrongs. Um, but I think about like, it's just aesthetically, like there are some really great examples, like insecure is, I know I've talked about this before and I'll talk about it again. And I, it's just, it's like such a wonderful example of like really well done lighting, um, production. Melina Matsukis was a part of that. I know Issa Rae was, um, who is stars in the show, but then is also one of the writers. And I think she's one of the producers as well. Um, but everyone is lit so beautifully. The costumes are wonderful. The makeup is immaculate. Like it's just such a well done show. Um, especially from that perspective. Um, and, and, and again, I think a big part of that is who is behind the scenes. Melina Masukas, I know I've talked about her, like she's produced um, some of Beyonce's work. Of course, Beyonce, I mean, she's Beyonce, but also like a lot of her visuals are really well done. And I think mm-hmm. it's part of because of who is on her team. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a random example, but I always, always think of this because I love a good late night show just like on in the background as I'm like winding down for the night. And um, oh, what is it called? I think it's called the late night show with Seth Meyers, but whatever the one that's on NBC, um, with Seth Meyers, Seth Meyers, he has an Amber Ruffin who is an African-American. She's a comedy writer. She's on his show and her makeup is always on point. Like it looks so good. And I I'm sure that they have a makeup artist on the show. And I tried to do a little bit of research and I couldn't really figure it out. So if anybody knows, please tag them and comment, let us know who it is. Um, but 
she, I mean, her content of course is amazing. Um, she, she's phenomenal. She now has her own show on Peacock, the Amber Ruffin show. Um, but her looks are always amazing. And I noticed this with the, um, like guests that also come on Seth Meyers, like their makeup is always really well done. And I know sometimes they get their makeup done beforehand. Um, but I do know there's like a makeup, usually there's like a makeup team on these shows, um, that like helps with costume and makeup and all that. And sometimes they'll do touch-ups and the whole thing, but it, everyone always looks really good. So I think that, and I, I do appreciate that about his show because I feel like I don't watch every, like, obviously I'm very careful, like conscious and, and conscientious of what I watch, but I appreciate a lot of the content that he produces. He has, um, him being Seth Myers has like, um, a lot of women and people of color on his team. Um, and that shows. And so I just, I have to bring that up. I know it's so random, but every time I see that, I'm just like, wow, she looks so good. Um, and I have to like, okay, I don't know if this was intentional. This may have been, but in my research, I did not find anything that supported this idea that was intentional, but like a bad example I have, I think I've talked about this before too. I mean, I have so many, but I'll just pick one like recently, um, is the watch watchman on HBO with Regina King and Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I don't understand the lighting on that show was so off in some scenes it's amazing and in some scenes it's so bizarre Regina King's makeup I mean Regina King is phenomenal and like she looks amazing and like but her skin in some of it's just it just doesn't look like it's lit properly it looks like there's like and texture is not a bad thing I want people to know that like I'm not saying like you shouldn't have texture you should of texture on screen. No, no humans have texture. We have pores as a makeup artist. This is the big thing that I talk about with my clients as well. I don't like to filter my images that I post either for this reason. Um, but it's like not high production quality level makeup artistry that I'm not, I'm not knocking the makeup artist unless they are not like well-trained in this, then I am knocking them a little bit, but it's just, I don't know, Ricky, like I can't explain it without like some kind of visual, like I'm really trying to explain it and not sound overtly negative and critical, but it's, it's just not great. And it's very, and the reason I say it's too, it's because it's like very blue toned, like all, all of the people of color, especially African-Americans on the show, like they, it's like, a, it's like, they're just not lit well. Like there's a lot of dark, like night scenes and especially compared to like some of the lighting, like it just seems like it's too harsh. Like there's not going to get too technical, but like the wrong Kelvin's on the, like the, the, the lighting is like the wrong warmth. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's not right. Um, it's not great. I don't want production people to come at me. Maybe it is an intentional choice. And if anybody knows, please do let me know, but I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. just went on a whole tangent, but it's just, it's things like that. When you see it, I think, especially as a person of color, you can tell you're like, that doesn't look great. And this mm -hmm. is supposed to be a really big production. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not what it should be. And that's where it's like, it's so important that, cause it doesn't take away from, it's a great show. It's a great production. It's a really important topic, but mm -hmm. it just, it, it's a really, really important point that it's like, okay, we need to have people that are trained to do, to, to light properly. And we need to have people that are trained. Another big thing that I hear about a lot, like in makeup artist circles is like, people do not like artists, like makeup artists and hairstylists do not know how to do black hair, do not know how to like properly do makeup on 
like non-white skin basically. Mm -hmm. And that is so, oh my God, like that just makes my skin curl. Like, especially as a hair, like I've had, I've heard so many people say that, oh, I've been on set and like, they didn't have a person who knew how to do black hair. Mm -hmm. And it's not always the hairstylist fault. Like I understand that. Like it's, but it's like, there's a lot of different factors. Yes, exactly. Like it's not just like one person's fault. Like it's not about laying blame, but it's Mm -hmm. like as a production, especially if you are a high end production, or if you're going to have somebody, I'm sorry, if you're going to make a film, you need to pay people. You need to, first of all, pay people to to do the work. And then Mm -hmm. you need to hire people who know how to do the work. And I guarantee Mm -hmm. you, if you hire somebody who knows how to do black hair, they're also going to know how to do non-black hair. So Mm -hmm. maybe think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just broaden your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that too. There's a documentary or some video I was watching where um, I think it was a guy explaining that he was on a set and all the person did was like spray water on his hair or like something. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 But I'm like, hire these people, like hire the people, like don't just hire the people to be tokenized representations, but hire people in the background. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think about this, um, I have a friend, Vanessa, Vanessa's listening. She was on a panel about uh, disability and, and how people like don't have um, and I'm thinking about this beyond like a media space, like in corporate spaces and like academic spaces, how like we want to be more inclusive of those who are disabled, um, mental disability, physical disability, um, any type of disability. But if you don't mm-hmm. have people who, who have these disabilities, you can't hear from a perspective on these boards to make a decision, right? To yeah, know absolutely. bathrooms, accessible bathrooms, accept, uh, accessible entrances and exits, exits throughout the campus, throughout the corporate corporation, people have mental health days or to have, you know, more, more quote unquote, sick, sick days to accommodate to their, to their um, abilities that they have. And so I think we just hit the nail on the head, a larger conversation. I think it'll be interesting, Charmaine, if we can find clips of the scene and like post it to like show people what we need. Definitely. Yeah. I think that would be really great. Um, I know Watchmen. Okay. Newman loves Watchmen. He loves the, the, the like first movie and like the whole series and everything. I'm wondering even if it was intentional, right? If they wanted to have it to be blue cast because, you know, the the, the main guy is like the blue man or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you can do that while while at the same time being being aware that that this this type of choice is going to affect different skin tones, right? And so well, yeah, because the white characters don't look because then everybody would look more blue toned, right? And like mm-hmm. the white characters don't look like that tone like it's one specific scene I'm thinking of so it's and I haven't seen it for a little bit but it's just it's like it's like in my, you know it's like the video that lives in my head rent free like it's just there just in my mind see her. yeah like, and it's, where is she and what none of happening? the other mm-hmm. none of the white characters look like that so you're mm-hmm. absolutely right if that was a conscious choice then everybody would look like that but mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. yeah they really don't yeah. and yeah that's that's a problem like it's just it doesn't make sense and it's just more important like it just you know, it's all the more relevant. And, and I like love that you brought up and connected this to like academia and like so many different in like in industries as well, where it's like, you know, okay, if we're, if we're going back to media, like studios and executives, but also like other industries, like higher ups, um, those who are in positions of power, those who already have a seat at the table need to choose to stop centering, like 
and reproducing these white hegemonic perspectives and techniques, like if techniques, if we're talking about film and media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a conscious choice and effort and it is not easy. And I mean, it's something that I think that we've, I think it's easier than we think it is because it's something that we have seen for the past couple of years with, you know, the emergence of this global pandemic. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely doable and it's extremely necessary. And it's something that is imperative. Like there's an exigency for this and there's an like absolutely no reason why we are not, we're not doing this already while we're not making our like academic spaces more inclusive for those of differently abled bodies and mm-hmm. like in, in differently abled positions. Like there's no reason why this isn't already happening. Um, and there's no reason why we're just catering to these few, like this very narrow population. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like this mm-hmm. very, like this very hegemonic perspective and this very, like, it's just, we're like reproducing hegemony. And that to me is so problematic in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not like an easy fix, right? This is not like, we talk about this a lot on our show, how it's not an easy fix. It's going to be a long road, but I think that um, it takes work, right? It takes work to you know, like, to be quite freaking honest, like, in most of these places, it it was dominated by whiteness, right, and it, these weren't conversations that kept, needed to be had, but now that we are trying to be more inclusive, these conversations are needed, and these are hard conversations, and this is not, like, a one-fixed band-aid issue, but it's going to take action, right, It's it's going to take Um, intentionality behind it right if you're going to have black actors hire black makeup artists that can do their hair Mm -hmm. I mean not not just even black just people who can actually do the hair and the makeup right and 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 do the extra mile if you're if you're going to hire someone make sure that they can do everyone's hair and makeup make sure that the the person working in lighting has has a background or train them or something so that they can light different shades and 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 skin tones and different people um in different ways i can't say that about bridgerton it was lighted very well um um, in 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 different aspects i can say that um but yeah i'm gonna stop my rant yeah other than ladies danbury's brows which i mean if we 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 won't uh, we won't talk about it because we go into detail (laughs) in the bridgerton episode so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sorry I'm sorry. I had to bring it up again, but yeah, I agree. I think it's getting better. I think that there's more perspective and attention paid to this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I I think it's just so important. Like we have to revisit being able to, um, you know, like create, create those seats at the table, make those seats or just start, you know, do we just forge new tables to start making new tables? So Either way, we thought this was a really relevant conversation and, you know, thank you for staying with us. And we know this was a very uh, broad conversation. We talked about a lot of different industries and topics, uh, but we really wanted to include um, a lot of different aspects of it as well. So we hope that you enjoy this conversation as always, like share your thoughts with us, let us know. Um, And yeah, if you're looking for people, if you're, you know, if you're, working on something and you need consultants on how to do this, how to, how to have these, these perspectives and seats at the table, reach out to me and Ricky. This is what we do. So we're here to help you help. 
hire us, let us help you. <laughs> so we hope that that is, um, you know, something that helps people, but yeah. Okay. Now I'm rambling. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. Bye. Yes. Bye everyone. Um, yeah. And yeah, have a good, have a good week. Have a good day. Um, wherever you're listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. You can continue to show your support by giving the podcast a five-star review, becoming a subscriber on Anchor, and following us on our website, graymattersablog.org, that's gray with an A, and on our socials, as well as sharing and commenting on our posts at Gray Matters the Blog on Instagram and TikTok. We want to connect with our Gray Matters community. If you have a comment or an inquiry about our customizable trainings and workshops, email us at graymatterstheblog at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll chat with you soon.